37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a very special news-only episode of Pixelated Paranormal. This will be episode 143. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Your enthusiasm is yeah. overwhelming. But no, so speaking of enthusiasm, like, you know, so you, we do this show every week. Mm-hmm. We're 100 and, what did you just say, 143 episodes. 143. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're not even listening to me. I know. And so, you know, we, we do them, but sometimes it doesn't feel like we have an impact on people and mm-hmm. like, you know, why the fuck are we doing this every week? Because this takes a lot of time out of putting show notes together, reading books, doing all that. And we actually had a listener reach out to us and say that because of all the things going on with, you know, the Rona, that it was really, you know, lifting to listen to us and it really made their day to be able to sit back and relax and listen to the pixelated paranormal podcast oh hell yeah and that just took me up like five notches so fuck yeah yeah Yeah. you're right dude there are episodes where we literally are hours before we record trying to just drudge up something to talk about because you know like life gets in the way steven uh he's not on this episode tonight um but he said it before like our lives get so hectic sometimes it's hard to get together and schedule something, but you know, uh, we make it do what it do. And it's comments like that, that, you know, we got that it really make it worth it not to be all cheesy and dramatic, but I mean, you know, I've heard it recently as well that people, you know, they have a drive to work or they drive cross country or something like that. And it's just something that they kind of, they look forward to. And so yeah. there's there's weeks where I'm like, oh, shit, like life just really took a dump and we're not going to release something on a Wednesday like we're supposed to. And then I almost feel, you know, really guilty for not having it out on time. But, you know, it's nice to know people are understanding and especially in the uh, current climate, uh, very understanding that sometimes it doesn't always come out, but uh, we'll always be there. It's coming one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for the kind words, all of you guys. It, yeah. it means a lot uh, to know that people actually uh, give a damn and that uh, we're a staple of your your day or your week. And then listener Gracie finally uh, texted me the other day and told me that uh, he hadn't been listening to the show t- for a while, so fuck you, Gracie. But he's <laughs> caught up, and boy, nice. is he pleasantly surprised with everything that we've talked since the last time he listened. Oh, so nice. he told me to keep up the good job. So Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Gracie. We appreciate that. And again, yeah. just to all you guys, you know, times are tough, and so um, we're happy we can be there for you, and it means the world to us that you guys still support us and still listen to us, and you take time out of your day to reach out. You know, it means a lot. Actually, let me give a shout-out as well here real quick. Let me bring this up. I will probably always butcher his Instagram handle. I always just pronounce it uh, Baba Drock. But uh, he reached out to me on Instagram because I made the comment, we made the comment on the last episode or so about wearing those masks, you know, for PPE when we're at work and how uncomfortable it is. Mm-hmm. And man, he he reached out to me on my personal Instagram and he said, you know, listening to the new app for your mask strap slash ear pain, clip or tie the bands together in the back. 
uh, and just look it up for a pick, people are actually using paper clips, hair ties, all sorts of rad stuff. And he actually uh, sent me a photo of these straps, and people make these little straps that you can retrofit now, like mm-hmm. a little hair clippy, and you can actually loop the uh, the straps behind your head. And bada boom, bada bing, no more shitty ear scars getting rubbed by shitty masks. Yeah, I actually saw a dude at the work today use, uh, you know, the banana clips for your keychains? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he used one of those. So Modern problems require modern solutions. That's right. I was like, <laughs> so, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Right, yeah. Drock, I appreciate it, man. Please let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And also, uh, something I look forward to quite often, um, and Preston, probably you too, man, being artists of uh, you know our own right, I love seeing your artwork, dude. Baba Drock paints tons of stuff. Uh, a lot of Bigfoots, Yetis, Sasquatch. Give him a follow on Instagram if you want, and check out some of this work. We'll throw up a feature in the next few days, but man, this guy's out of control with how badass these paintings are. So again, man, thanks for uh, supporting us and for listening and uh, for the tip on the uh, the ear straps, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And again, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, because God knows we pronounce a ton of shit wrong. Yeah, we pronounce know. everything wrong. <laughs> but we're consistent, and that's the one thing you can count on. <laughs> <laughs> so with everything going on in the news today, it's pretty easy to tune out everything else going on, or you may have just completely stopped paying attention to the news altogether. But you have no fear, because your old pals here at Pixelated Paranormals, we got you covered. That's right, Presto and I have scoured the national news for the weirdest shit that you probably missed in the last month or so, and just like always, we're here to get you the news that you deserve, the news that you might not want or might not even know you need it, we're here to bring it to you anyway. Preston, you got anything new or exciting about you before we jump in here? Uh, you know, I started that Cryptid series. Um, yeah, speaking of art. Yeah, and uh, so we're going to turn that into a little special something-something for the listeners. Yes. Uh, so... Yeah, we... Uh... That's, uh, that's kind of referencing the t-shirts that are going to be coming out before too long. Um... We got slowed down with some of the merch. We were supposed to have T-shirts ready and, you know, out the door already. And, of course, things got slowed down. But, uh, yep, wheels are turning. The machines are going. And we got some T-shirts up and coming on the horizon here by a very great local company here. Oh, yeah. So we can't wait to get those started. That's all I got. Okay, cool. Well, with those yeah. shirts, you might uh, be able to get your hands on a little, a uh, little bit of Preston's handiwork there. So, <laughs> good stuff. A little bit of me is the gift that keeps on giving. Cool. Well, let's get things started on a high note here with something kind of cute. Hopefully, to drown out the sound of that plane flying over my house. After the Chicago Shedd Aquarium was forced to close amid the coronavirus pandemic. Staff decided to let a few of their animal residents out of their enclosures for a little field trip. The aquarium shared videos on Twitter of three of its penguins checking out other exhibits from the other side of the glass. Without guests in the buildings, caretakers are getting creative on how they provide enrichment to the animals, said the aquarium. Introducing new experiences, activities, foods, and more to keep them active, encourage them to explore, problem-solve, and express natural behaviors has been very important. In one video, a rockhopper penguin named Wellington visits the aquarium's Amazon Rising exhibit, 
which features creatures from the Amazon River Basin, the largest river system and rainforest on Earth. At 30 years old, Wellington is the oldest penguin at the aquarium and has lived there ever since it opened in 1991. In a different video, a pair of bonded rockhopper penguins named Edward and Annie waddle past a tank full of sharks and rays. Eventually, they wander all the way toward the information desk. Meanwhile, other animals like Hector, a Patagonian Mara at the Fort Worth Zoo, have also stepped out for some fresh air at that zoo while it's closed. Hector got to meet three excited otters during his trek, Benji, Hudson, and Makita. So right now, you guys can probably go on Twitter and other social medias and actually check out tons of these national zoos. They've got live feeds of all sorts of great stuff, including, you know, other animals at other zoos just kind of wandering around and getting to experience the, uh, the zoo that they live in. Yeah. But watching live streams of local zoos might not be your thing. It's not. Perhaps you're more entertained by TikTok videos. Nope which I think we're both entirely too old for. <laughs> yeah, I missed <laughs> well, that one, on that fad. Yeah, man, me too. I can't even figure out how to get Snapchat to work. Well, one TikTok user got a pretty decent fright after his video went viral for an unexpected reason. A post on TikTok showing a man dancing has gone viral, but probably not for the reason the original poster had hoped. Instead of impressing the internet with some funky dance moves, he instead ended up scaring himself and many of his followers. TikTok user Rubik's Cube posted a video of himself dancing while he thought he was home alone. But apparently, the video left viewers shocked when something briefly appeared in the background. Some people think it might have just been somebody poking their head around the corner to see what he was doing. The original video has racked up 1.7 million views, while a follow-up view of Rubik's Cube reacting to the footage has an additional 6.2 million views. While many of the comments speculate on what exactly the video shows, some users suggested the creepy-looking footage was staged. One user wrote, Obviously this was planned. He was home alone, and he wanted us to know. And what the video shows, I don't know if Preston, if you watched it yet, it's very subtle. Yep. But he's down in the basement and he's dancing and behind him there's kind of a stair rail from, you know, the ceiling going downward. And at one point yeah. during his short little dance, you can see a head kind of horizontally poke through from around the corner and look for a second and then slowly pull back. So I'll send a uh, still shot of that into the Instagram for this uh, episode. But Preston, you might check it out and see if we can't link that somehow. I think that uh, I'm going to agree with the user that wrote that statement of obviously mm -hmm. this is planned. The caption says I was home alone. Like, why the fuck do I need to know that in a TikTok video? Unless you're actually trying to like, oh my God, he said he was home alone and now there's a head popping out. It's got to be a ghost. <laughs> like, otherwise, why do I need to know the fuck that you're home alone? Well, I don't know if that's the case, though, if like he posted the video. I don't know how TikTok works. I'm assuming this might be from a tweet later. Where he put know. a caption of the footage saying, I was home alone and this is what we saw. Who knows? Like me doing a TikTok, like taking a shit. I'm like, do you need <laughs> to know that? No. <laughs> In one of the several follow-up videos, Rue, as he calls himself, claimed that he'd been having trouble sleeping since he recorded the footage and he was not calm. 
He also claims he wasn't sure if the footage showed a person on the stairs, as he said the stairs are very loud, and if somebody came down them, he's sure he would have heard somebody walking down. He also denies the video was staged. And yet another follow-up video. He confirmed he lived with his relatives, but they weren't home at the time he recorded the video. He recorded it when nobody was home, so he wouldn't annoy his family by playing the same music over and over while he learned the dance steps. He also said they had no pets. However, he does sign off by saying the house is near a graveyard. Of course it is. Get out of here. (laughs) Right. Bullshit. You never know. He might watch the video and it might change your life, Preston. Probably. (laughs) Well, if you fall into the category of those who don't believe in ghosts or don't even believe that Rubik's Cube had some unexplained face show up on his TikTok, that's fine. Maybe you're more (laughs) of a conspiracy theorist, huh? Oh, I am definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, we hope your tinfoil hat isn't on as tight as this next lady. The New World Order, a.k.a. the NWO of WCW fame, has found itself in the news this previous Sunday, but not for anything any of its former members have said or done. Instead, the wrestling group has found itself in a case of mistaken identities, one that wrestling fans found to be quite funny. A female Walmart customer took to Facebook over the weekend with a photo of a new NWO WWE t-shirt currently selling in stores, which shows off the classic three-letter NWO for life stamped on the shirt. The woman seemed to mistake the shirt as some sort of political statement being pushed by, quote, global elites. Her post was deleted later, but not before screenshots were taken. And she basically goes on a rant talking about how, you know, the global elite are pushing the idea of the NWO, the New World Order, full of... Fucking Nazis, they're everywhere. They're inside of Walmart selling you the shirts for $4.99. (laughs) Right. She's one of those people who believe that NWO is coming into power with one single solitary leader, one single solitary belief system, and one single solitary denomination of cash. And if it has anything to do with WWE, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All going down here, brother. Right. And if anybody is curious as to who the NWO is, they ran wild over at WCW from 1996 all the way through 2000 in various forms before eventually making their way to the WWE in 2002. The group of wrestlers consisted of Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman. And they were supposed to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2020, Unfortunately, their ceremony has been postponed due to the current pandemic. So that lady must have experienced what it's like to eat her words, but at least she didn't put her foot in her mouth like this next story. Ooh. College and pranks go hand in hand, Preston. Pranks work best when they're harmless, funny, and don't land you in trouble with the police. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the funniest prank you can think that you ever pulled on somebody? Um, so we were at a frat party one night. Mm-hmm. The dude got shit faced drunk, and he was the first one to pass out. And there's a rule not to be the first one to pass out, right? And uh, so we uh, took a magic marker 
you know, permanent marker why mm-hmm. he was passed out and drew like penises and balls and all sorts of stuff on his face. <laughs> and then we took that marker and we super glued it into a gnome's hand, like a little gnome statue. So the first <laughs> thing that he saw when he woke up was the lawn gnome with a magic marker <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> Fantastic. The best thing I think I ever played on somebody was my best friend Devin and I worked at the Pizza Hut in El Dorado and our boss was just one of the best bosses I've ever worked for, if not the best. And we had this big party room and she'd always go in this party room to do the schedule, to do paperwork and everything because she could smoke a cigarette, but, you know, not really be bothered and not, you know, affect the dining room with her smoke if nobody else in the store was smoking. And so we had just got this huge vacuum cleaner uh, shipped over to us and the box was like damn near six foot tall and like two and a half feet wide. And so Devin and I got this wild idea that we would stack it in the uh, in the corner, and then I'd hide inside the box, and when Rachel came in, I would bust out of the box and scare the crap out of her. So we took and cut a hole inside the box for my arm to fit through, and then we taped the invoice over top of the hole, and then uh, he dressed me inside the box, and when Rachel came in, his code word was going to be damn, that new vacuum cleaner really sucks hard. And that would mean that she was in front of me and I would, you know, bust my hand through the box and roar. And so everything goes to plan. She gets in front of the box and Devin's like, man, that new vacuum cleaner sucks hard. And I busted through this box and it scared her so bad. She threw this 32 ounce drink she got from Quick Trip up, hit the ceiling, splashed like Coke all over (laughs) the ceiling. (laughs) threw her papers all over the place and damn near fell down backwards. (laughs) And uh, I did fall down because it was so funny and the whole box toppled over on top of me. It was pretty great. (laughs) Well, here's what happened in Northwest Iowa Community College in the city of Sheldon back in March. Prior to the global pandemic resulting in nationwide lockdown measures, three female students placed skin from their own feet in a bag of their roommate's cheese. Uh, damn. The incident took place in an Osceola Hall dorm room on March 13th and saw 20-year-old Lindsay Ann Cundiff of Pocahontas, Indiana, 19-year-old Kaya Elaine Castor of Sandburn, Indiana, and 20-year-old Ellie Thompson of Parker, South Dakota, as they looked on as the roommate tucked into a snack totally unaware they were actually eating dead foot skin. Dude, that's fucked up. That yeah. that's that's going too far right there with the prank. Like <laughs> dicking yeah. somebody in the face with the magic marker and making them think it was a lawn gnome is one thing, but making them eat dead skin, <laughs> that's a no-go right there. That's There's a my special thing. circle of hell for people like that. Yep. That was always my creed. We actually had full-blown prank wars at Pizza Hut between, you know, uh, Devin and myself and my buddy Tony against uh, the store manager, her husband, and her sister, who all worked at the store too. And it was a blast, but you had rules. You never messed with anybody's actual money, meaning you never hid tips, you never stole tips, you never took tips. You never messed with anything they could eat. And then, of course, you never do any physical damage to anything they own. So you could spray shaving cream on cars, do all sorts of fun stuff, but you know, you never keyed anybody's car or, you know, put pubes in their food or anything like that. And uh, we had tons of fun doing that kind of stuff. Another fun prank that we would do is anybody who's drinking Mountain Dew 
we would pour half their Mountain Dew out and fill it back up with um, jalapeno juice and banana pepper juice and then top it back mm-hmm. off with Mountain Dew. And then after a couple of drinks, they'd get to the bottom of that jalapeno juice and it would be great just to see them almost projectile vomit. Uh, after sucking down a mouthful of that. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. You said rule number one was you never mess with anybody's food. Well, there was a caveat. You could mess with drinks as long as you never put anything in there that wasn't safe to consume. Ooh-hoo. Uh-huh. It's unknown if the disgusting act was carried out as a prank or whether there was some genuine malice behind their actions, but the three were later charged by Shelton police on Monday, April 20th. The student who ate the skin shavings had only been identified as, quote, the fourth roommate. Kristen Kalbaum, a spokesperson for the college, said in an email, We hold the quality of instruction and safety of our students and employees as our highest priority. We are aware of the incident and are cooperating with the proper authorities in the investigation. It has also been revealed that just five days after the fourth roommate ate her footmate's literal foot skin, NCC canceled all in-person classes and resorted to online education as a result of the outbreak meaning, you know, the corona crap. At the time of the incident, it is important to note that no cases of the novel coronavirus had been reported in the state of Iowa. Can you imagine, dude, like... I guess foot skin kind of does have the same consistency as, like, a Parmesan cheese if it's, you know, shredded and not crumbled. Gross. Yeah, I don't know, man. I Maybe I chew my food too good to realize, you know, <laughs> to not realize there's foot shavings. Some fucking foot corn got in there. Just in case you still have an appetite, let's move on to another harrowing culinary horror that not even Spider-Man himself could save. While many people have been stocking up on canned goods during this coronavirus outbreak, it's important to remember that food doesn't last forever. While many cans have had a long shelf life, 25 years is likely to be a little bit too long to let something just sit. A Twitter user going by the name of Dinosaur Dracula shared his recent experience online as he opened a can of Spider-Man soup, or SpaghettiOs, from 1995. Before opening the can, he described it as being wildly corroded. Gross. <laughs> Fucking rust but, and shit on the outside of that can. You're like, meh. I mean, I got to do it for science. I mean, got to test yeah, it I out, mean, man. Come on, dude. Got to get them clicks. Got to get them views. The process of opening the can was documented each step of the way, with Dinosaur Dracula showing off photos of the can being opened. Along with the photos, he wrote, I put the can opener to work, unsettled by the rust, but emboldened by the lack of noxious fumes. As I turned the knob, I'd wince, unable to rule out the possibility that the contents may have mutated into something alive and malevolent. The post has received over 81,000 likes and has been retweeted 16,000 times. After pulling off the top, the contents of the can were revealed, and the results were pretty gross. They say tragedy plus time equals comedy, said Dinosaur Dracula but there's nothing funny about 15 ounces of Spider-Man pasta reduced to a rotted three-ounce chunk. He continued referencing a Stephen King, George Romero horror anthology movie called Creepshow by saying, recalling the fate of Jordy Varel, 
and creep show. I'm thankful for my rubber gloves. And presto, I've included a picture here for you. He says, later. Later, he says, I think I noticed something, but I consult the label on the can to be sure. And indeed, there's poor Spider-Man, trapped in his godforsaken toxic monstrosity. I'm sorry, Peter. With old pasta comes great instability. And I mean, you can I can't see tell that, if it used to be pasta or is it just like a giant Bigfoot turd that he pulled it out of It looks can. like a big old piece of poopy, doesn't it? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we'll include that picture as well. But yeah, you can barely make out on that one spot there a piece of the actual Spider-Man pasta itself. Now, the oh, real question fuck. is, did he did he nibble it? Did he put a little teeny tiny chunk on the tip of his tongue to taste it for science? I mean, the amount of preservatives in there probably made it somewhat safe. Yeah. Here's the question. How much money for you to take a bite of that, huh? <sighs> 10 bill. Yeah? Yeah, I did for 10 bill. Hmm. I would do it if you would do it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'd even give you a bill. Then we'd have to Rochambeau to see who goes first. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the next story, I want to give a shout out to a listener, Adam. Adam sent us this link. We've talked about it a little bit, and presto, I didn't include a summary of that one, so if you want to click it, and then probably have to click off a couple fucking advertisements. This is from IGN.com, April 27th. The Pentagon officially declassifies and releases three Navy videos purportedly showing UFOs. The aerial phenomena observed in the video remains characterized as unidentified. The Pentagon declassified three previously leaked military videos on Monday that purport to show U.S. Navy encounters with actual UFOs. The three videos leaked to the public in 2007 and 2017 were taken on November 4th, 2004, and in January 2015. Here's the Pentagon's official statement on the official release of the videos. After a thorough review... The DOD is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos. The aerial phenomenon observed in the videos remains characterized as unidentified. And of course, we're really referencing that famous Tic Tac video that the Navy has actually shared with us a couple different times. And it shows basically a tic-tac-shaped UFO flying through the sky, slowly rotating. And if I remember correctly, I think it might actually end up moving off, you know, off screen. But yeah. anyway. And listener then, Gracie sent me a photo today that said, anything could be a UFO if you're bad enough at identifying things. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> Newly released footage from 2015 reportedly shows a Navy encoder encounter with an unidentified flying vehicle. The To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences released a video on Friday, which is said to include official Department of Defense footage taken from an AA-18 Hornet while viewing an unidentified object according to CNN. The video's title is called Go Fast. The video was reportedly taken from a Pentagon program studying unidentified flying objects. It was originally classified when it launched in 2007 as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, 
The program had shut down in 2012, but some elements of the program are reportedly still active. To the Stars Academy claims several government organizations reviewed the footage, and it's available for anyone who submits a Freedom of Information Act request. The To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, co-founded by former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLonge, is an organization compromised partly of members of the U.S. intelligence community, which aims to gather and release evidence which proves the existence of exotic technologies. Luis Elizondo, former head of the Pentagon UFO, is that Luis or Luis? Uh, let's go with Luis. Okay. Luis Elizondo, former head of the Pentagon UFO program, who now works at To The Stars Academy, says the video represents what is likely part of a much larger cache of material the Pentagon obtained as part of the program. Quote, there is far more compelling evidence that I was privy to. I think you're looking at the tip of the iceberg, he said. A CNN safety analyst noted the lack of a heat signature on the unidentified aircraft in the video, while Elizondo explained this video does not immediately indicate the presence of a little green space alien, but the vehicle and its unknown origins should still be alarming. So what do you think, Presto? Alien or something from a different country, perhaps? Um, I'm going to go with um, Alien because if it was something from a different country, they wouldn't have released the videos at all because that's something that they're very particular about. Like, um, was it two, three years ago when the Washington Post, Washington Times, like they had that big article that was re released right around the time mm -hmm. Trump uh, became president and they talked about how, you know, all these UFO crashes, all these UFO cases, like 5% of them are actual unidentified flying saucers. Like we have no idea where they came from. Mm -hmm. And then they start breaking down like all these different countries. And because those are countries we're going to war with or that, you know, we have um, just, uh, what is it, like DEFCOM 5, like, holy shit, like we got to be careful like, I don't think that they would actually come out and show the public the videos and uh, and talk about it if it were, like, Chinese flying saucers or, you know, Korea flying saucers or Russian flying saucers, because mm -hmm. those are still the countries that we're kind of up in arms with, and we're always trying to be one step ahead of the game with the enemy. So I don't think they would release that to the public if that was the case. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well put. So, fucking aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, <laughs> but it was aliens. There you go. Well, Adam, thanks again, man, for sending that in. Uh, we really appreciate that. And to finish things off, the penultimate story we have for tonight, while we're still looking up at the sky, begs the question whether or not we will send man to live in space, but more importantly, what will we build their space stations and housing out of? NASA, the European Space Agency, ESA for short, and its Chinese counterpart plan to build moon bases in the upcoming decades as part of a broader space exploration plan that will take humans to more distant destinations such as Mars. The structures they plan to build on the moon could incorporate could incorporate a why can't I say incorporate? <laughs> the structures that they plan to build on the moon could incorporate an interesting building element contributed by the human colonizers themselves. And this... Semen? No. The urea in their pee. 
What? European researchers have found that it could be used as a plasticizer in the concrete of their structures. However, the colonization of the moon poses problems such as high levels of radiation, extreme temperatures, meteorite bombardment, and pretty big logistical questions like, how exactly are we going to get construction materials up to the moon? But this might mean that's not necessary. Transporting just one pound from the Earth into space costs about $10,000, which means that building a complete module on our satellite in this way could be very expensive. This is the reason why space agencies are thinking outside the box of using raw materials from the moon's surface or even those that astronauts themselves can provide, such as their urine. Scientists from Norway, Spain, and the Netherlands, and also Italy, in cooperation with the ESA, have conducted several experiments to verify the potential of urine's urea as a plasticizer, an additive that can be incorporated into concrete to soften the initial mixture and make it more pliable before it hardens. Details are published in the Journal of Cleaner Production. Quote, To make a geopolymer concrete that will be used on the moon, the idea is to use what is already there. Regolith, loose material from the moon's surface, and the water from ice present in some areas, explains the authors Ramon Paimes, a professor of the Polytechnic University of Cartagena, where various analyzers of the samples have been carried out using X-ray diffraction. But moreover, he adds, With this study, we have seen that a waste product, such as the urine of the personnel who occupy the moon bases, could also be used. The two main components of this body fluid are water and urea, a molecule that allows hydrogen bonds to be broken and therefore reduces the viscosities of many aqueous mixtures. Using a material developed by ESA, which is similar to moon regolith, Together with urea and various plasticizers, the researchers, using a 3D printer, had manufactured various mud cylinders and compared the results. The experiments carried out at the Oxford University College in Norway revealed the samples carrying urea supported heavier weights and remained almost as stable in shape. Once heated to about 80 degrees Celsius, their resistance was also tested and even increased after eight freeze-thaw cycles like those on the moon. We've not yet investigated how the urea would be extracted from the urine, as we are assessing whether or not we would really find it necessary, because perhaps its other components could also be used to form the geopolymer concrete, says one of the researchers. The actual water in urine could be used for the mixture together. I'm just, I'm just picturing pee houses. Houses yeah. just reek of piss. The actual water in the urine could be used for the mixture together with which, together with that which can be obtained on the moon or combined with both. The scientists stressed the need for further testing to find the best building material for the moon bases where it can be mass-produced. You know what? None site. of it makes any sense. But you know what? You just discovered hmm. the way they built the fucking pyramids. So a couple <laughs> years ago, there was a guy 
that talked about how um, when you actually look at the granite blocks and you know the Giza plateau, like you know uh-huh. the King's uh-huh. Pyramid and the Queen's Pyramid, that the granite is not the same throughout the block. So then you know what happens? It looks like that they made some form of concrete that they called the geopolymer, but they weren't quite oh. sure what all they use in the ingredients to make it because some of the stuff like there was like talcum powder and like something else that that was actually farmed or uh, mined on the shores of the Nile river along the pyramid, but they didn't know what the mixing agent was. And then, you know, Zahis Hawass came in with like, nobody fucking made concrete pyramids. Like my, you know, my people, the, you know, they were so genius and blah, 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 and like start freaking out that somebody would actually think that they made concrete blocks to make the pyramid. But think about how big those fucking blocks were and how much they weighed. All of a sudden, you just make like a sure form, put some like chopped up rocks in there, have like 10 Egyptians pissing inside of it, mix it together, and then boom, Great Pyramid of Giza. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean... P's been around ever since, man. I yeah. can't imagine, you know, this is the first time we started playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the scientists... We just, like, cracked the egg here first, Dude. folks, on Pixelated Paranormal. You heard it On here how first. the pyramids were made. Fuck aliens. <laughs> it was piss. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the scientists stress there is still more need for testing to find out whether or not this could be the best building material for the moon bases and where it could be mass-produced also using a 3D printer. I mean, shit, give me like a 24-pack of beer and I'll help you produce like 20 moon houses. <laughs> right? Uh, I got a buddy who just passed a kidney stone and I was telling him that one of the uh, homeopathic remedies for that to pass one is to basically sit in a warm bath and drink a 12 to 24-pack of Bud Light and just take a piss in the bathtub while you're sitting in that hot water. And yes, sir. Drunk- Yep, the drunker you get, the less you care. And when you're all done, guess what? You can drain the water, stand up, shower off, bada boom, bada bing. You ain't got no more rocks in your thing. Yeah. And the hotter the water is, the less pain there is, too. Okay. Good to know. Well, lastly, guys, our final story of the night comes from Farley. An asteroid estimated to be 1.2 miles wide will fly by the Earth this Wednesday morning, meaning uh, probably the day before you guys got this episode. (laughs) This should drop on Thursday. So if you're not listening to this episode, it killed us. Yeah. And if you are, congratulations, guys. We survived. It's not expected to actually collide with our planet, however. The asteroid is called 52768 parentheses 1998 OR2, and it was first spotted in 1998. On April 29th, it will pass within 3,908,791 miles of Earth, moving at 19,461 miles per hour. That's still 16 times farther than the distance between the Earth and the Moon. You know, I really wish scientists would would go back to like naming asteroids like they name like hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Like five seven two six six eight nine six eight o r two. Like, no, name that thing fucking that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, there the you go, fly. kids. There's that bitch Carol Baskins up in the sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
The flyby is expected to occur at 5.56 a.m. Eastern Time, according to NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies. The center tracks the near-Earth objects, or NEOs as they call them, that could collide with Earth. They have been tracked. They have been tracking this particular asteroid for 20 years, according to NASA. If it did impact Earth, the asteroid is large enough to cause global effects, according to NASA, back when the asteroid was first discovered. The asteroid is classified as a potentially hazardous object because it's bigger than 500 feet across and comes within a 5 million mile radius of Earth's orbit. The experts at Arecibo can monitor the asteroids and use observations to determine their paths in the future to see if they pose a risk to Earth. It's the largest asteroid expected to zip by the Earth within the next two months, but it's far from being the largest ever to pass by the big blue blob that is our Earth. That honor belongs to the asteroid 3122 Florence 1981 ET3 which flew by and luckily missed colliding into Earth on September 1st, 2017. NASA expects it to make another pass, however, on September 2nd, 2057. That asteroid is estimated to be between two and a half and five and a half miles wide. There you have it. Well, there you have it, folks. Some of the news you may have missed in the recent weeks. Well, should we plug some stuff and get out of here? Hell yeah, man. Cool. All right, that concludes this episode. So I would like to say before we close, if you guys have a chance, definitely do your best to shop local. When this stuff blows over, I think your big box stores are going to be just fine. Support your mom and pop shops. Do something, anything. Order a hamburger, go in and get a beer, go buy a book. Just do something, anything you can to help boost that revenue because we really got to do what we can to get these mom and pops, you know, up and on their feet once the doors open back up. So with that, we'd like to say, if you're here in Wichita, check out CD Trade Post on Pawnee and Seneca. Pop in and say hi to Leslie and the gang. If you got to get something printed, stop on by our friends down at Harry and Rock Road at Fast Print. Presto, what do you got that's hot and homemade? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best goddamn beard the universe has ever seen, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPA for 20% off your order. And use that code to get ho, you Ho, 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 hold on. You didn't what? say the proper promo code. PXLPARA. It sounded like you said PXLPA. No. Are you sure... Listen, use promo code PXLPARA (laughs) for 20% off your order. Otherwise, if you don't go out and save some money and get Dobbs, your beard is going to look like that pile of shit that came out of that ravioli can from 1995, and it's not even going to look like anything. So if you don't want your face to be total shit, use some Dobbs. There you go. Perhaps the best promo you've ever given them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and in this dire time of staying clean, also buy yourself a bar of beard soap while you're there at BigDobsBeardBomb.com. And then maybe head over to GunslingerSoap.com and check out some great homemade soaps that they're uh, continuously crafting over there. And as far as podcasts goes, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. You've got Pixelated Sausage with Mark. You've got a solo show. You've got a solo show. 
Attack the Backlog, where he plays tons of old games from his backlog collection. You've also got the brand new anime podcast, uh, Animazingly Baka, which is Mark and a buddy of his. And then check out our other show, a companion show, if you will, 13 Nightmares, where we res- where we review different horror movies and also have some B-reels where we just go nuts and go nerdy over all sorts of different horror movie topics. Mm-hmm. And then check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Check out our Twitter. Check out the Facebook group. And I think our four-year anniversary is just around the corner. So something we'd like to ask you guys, anytime between now and the next few weeks, and I'll make a social media you know, call to action as well, send us your personal paranormal stories. We've got some already lined up in the chamber, but we'd love to do a huge listener story exclusive episode. So tell us about that weird thing that used to walk down the hallway and, oh man, that burp was kind of (laughs) weird. That creepy thing that used to walk down the hallway and look at you as it walked past your room. What was that weird light in the sky you saw one time? Have you ever woken up on an operating table surrounded by little egg-shaped green men? Or have you potentially seen a Kentucky goblin in your garden? We want to know, guys. Send us your stories. Pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Message us on Instagram. Message us on Facebook. Send us private messages if you know us privately. And if you want to remain anonymous, just say, hey, please don't use my name. And we'll make up a fake name. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Yeah, like Tom and Jerry and Bob. (laughs) A little Frankie. All right, with all... (laughs) Yeah, old Frankie. With all of that, guys, on behalf of Steven, I would love to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.